There are kids in this world who are different. Special. I think it's a hoverboard. They look like us and they act like us. But they are not us. Your mother nature. Who wants a selfie with the Grim Reaper? There's a girl flying in the water. Find the treasure. I she belongs to the world of the good. It's a broken locket, exactly like mine. Talk! GZM shows Mars Imagination Amplified. This is not a story about an old man in bifocals at the center of a revolution, but rather another tale of mystery featuring a boy who had no idea he'd one day wind up on the hundred dollar bill. Anna and I stood on the frozen pond, looking down at the body of Lord Billingsgate's man, Higgins, floating under the ice beneath our feet. Someone murdered Higgins. Perhaps someone who didn't want us to hear what he had to say. Someone who's still out there. That wolf is not very far away. Honestly, right now, I'm more worried about the other kind of wolf. The kind that holds a pistol. Come this way. Anna led us deeper into the woods. I hoped that the snow was falling hard enough to cover our tracks. We can hide behind the big oak tree. This tree, you showed us me before. It's where your father was laid to rest. And where he taught me to read and write, just as he had taught himself. I'm sorry I never met him, but I'm sure he would be very proud of you. One day, I'll build my school near this spot. A school that will bear his name. It'll make a fine location. And you, a fine teacher. If we live to see the day. Shh! Someone's coming! You know me as Benjamin Franklin, statesman, inventor, founding father. But back in the 1720s, as a teenager in New York, I was just plain Ben. Aspiring printer, budding adventurer, dreamer, and frozen in the woods. We hid behind Hannah's oak, standing as still as the tree itself, trying not to breathe. Do you hear that? That doesn't sound like a wolf. Unless it's the human kind. Hannah! Ben! I found you! Mama? Mrs. Bowen, how did you... I heard the gunshot and had a bad feeling it might be connected to you two and that party. Easy, Bessie. Why are you getting off the horse? Ben, you take old Bessie and head back into the city. What about you, Mrs. Bowen? Hannah and I can walk home from here. But someone's out there in the forest. I've lived up here most of my life. Whoever it is doesn't know these woods like I do. Come, Hannah. I'm going with Ben, Mother. Hannah! They stole our money. They killed Mr. Williamson. 
I need to see this through. There's a story that has to be told. Please. All right. But as soon as that story is shared, you come back home to me. You hear? Yeah, promise. Thank you again, Miss Bowen. Take care of Bessie, you two. And each other. Hannah, you ready? Ready? Let's go, Bessie. Yeah! As Hannah and I rode through the moonlit streets of Manhattan, I was already writing the story in my head. A story about New York City, about people's hopes and dreams, and about the villains who traded on them. Where are we going to find a printing press if the one in the warehouse was destroyed? Tell me what you smelled when Lord Billingsgate brought out those stock certificates at the party. Fresh ink. Which means someone printed them right before. But where? I suspect they were brought in through the tunnel, which likely means... The press is back where it started. Hannah and I found ourselves once again breaking into George Williamson's shop. But who brought it here? We'll worry about that later. We have a story to print. Hannah and I worked the printing press all night until we made enough copies to blanket the city with the truth. All right, it's time to spread the word. With dawn approaching, we loaded hundreds of copies of the paper into satchels attached to Mrs. Bowen's old horse. I picked one up and admired it. Golden Tickets Tarnished, Manhattan Municipal Company of Fraud, by Benjamin Franklin. My first official byline. And a momentous one at that. Let us hope it's not my last. Thank you, Hannah. Like I said, what good is freedom if it makes you afraid to do what's right? <sighs> Hannah, about the gold we found in the cave. Most of it doesn't belong to me any more than it belongs to Billingsgate. But your school. We'll talk of this another time. Go, deliver the news. Godspeed, Ben Franklin! Yeah! Okay, Bessie. We'll start at the bottom and work our way up. As I rode the old mare down the streets of Manhattan, I knew the trouble I was about to cause. But I didn't realize the trouble was already following me. What's that? I looked over my shoulder to see a carriage following me, and it was moving at a very fast clip. Come on, horse. Let's go. Yeah! I raced as fast as I could, but Mrs. Bowen's old mare was no match for the powerful stallions in pursuit. Let's see if we can lose them by the docks. I tried to swing around the darkest of streets, but the carriage only gained ground. They're too speedy for us, girl. I don't know how to shake them. Finally, in desperation, I went around a corner too fast, and... Ah! The horse reared up, tossing me off her back, the satchel full of newspapers sailing into a snowbank. <sighs> As I lay on the ground, trying to shake the cobwebs from my brain, a canvas bag was placed over my head, and I was shoved into the back of the carriage and driven off into the night.
Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Mm. Tied to a chair. (laughs) This feels familiar. But when the bag was removed from my head, it wasn't the dirty dog standing there. Even in my groggy state, I recognized where I was and who had brought me here. Hello again, Franklin. Sorry for all the dramatics, but we couldn't have you spreading those stories about town now, could we? I suppose not. Welcome back to my laboratory. Hope our friends weren't too forceful in bringing you here. Nothing I'm not used to by now. But with all due respect, my lord, we both know this isn't your laboratory, and I suspect you're not the person to whom I should be talking. I don't know what you mean. Come out, Amanda! I know you're the brains behind this operation! Hello, Ben. Darling, he's under the impression that you... It's all right, Father. We don't have to pretend anymore. Why don't you go inside and make yourself an ice drink? But if... if he knows... Father, what did we discuss? Yes, but I... Inside! I'm sure you don't want me to tighten the purse strings, do you? No, no, Amanda, dear. I'll... I'll be inside. If you need me. So, Ben, when did you know? Took me a while to put the pieces together. When I produced the microscope in the courtroom, your father had no idea what it was, nor did he have any interest in my stove design in the sketchbook. You, on the other hand, you understood the science. You had it built, just like you had this laboratory built. My father is not what you'd call forward thinking. He nearly threw away our family fortune on designer clothes and this ridiculous mansion. We were nearly broke thanks to his negligence and lack of vision. (sighs) Lucky for him, I took control in time to right the ship. Then why do you pretend he's still in charge? Because we live in a world run by men like him. They'll only see me a certain way. So I'm forced to play my part. The stock scheme was yours too? Give them a taste of hope and people are willing to hand over their money. In New York, everyone believes it's their destiny to be rich. You're stealing from them, Amanda. These are hard-working people, with families, with dreams. Their dreams are meaningless. The future of this city doesn't run through seamstresses and teachers and printers like Mad George. It runs through people like me. And like you, Ben. Was it you? Did you kill George? All of this falls apart if someone goes public with the truth. George learned that the hard way. So did Higgins. But you're a lot smarter than either of them. You want me to forget what I know? That the bridge is a lie. That you're taking people's money and using it for your own purposes. That you killed people! I know you're an ethical fellow, but also a practical and ambitious one. All charges against you will be dropped. This lab could be your home. It's everything you've ever dreamed of. But you have to give up on telling the story. 
All right. I'll destroy the newspapers. You will? You make a lot of sense, Amanda. The future is what matters. Like you, people overlook me for being young and poor. I, too, had to invent an identity. I should have recognized what you were capable of. I apologize. Now, why don't we fire up my stove and feed it some newspapers? Wonderful idea, Ben. Allow me to untie you. I loaded all the copies of my newspaper into the stove Amanda had built from the specifications in my notebook. I knew you were smart. This is the best decision you'll ever make. I agree. All you have to do is light it. I lit the corner of a paper. Now, I shut the door and voila! I watched as my very first byline went up in flames. Every copy. And soon, my smokeless hearth began filling the room with <coughs> thick black smoke. <coughs> What's happening? <coughs> Why is it doing that? <coughs> I can't imagine what went wrong. Actually, I knew exactly what went wrong. It was a flawed design. Do you know how many tries it took me to get my stove working correctly? Twenty years later? But my failures led to some of my greatest successes. And that day, in Amanda's lab, it was failure that saved me. Using the thick smoke as a cover, I managed to escape back into the stable where I borrowed one of Billingsgate's horses. Come on, Hannibal. Just you and me now. Yeah! I race back towards the print shop, determined to print my story, now with the full truth about Amanda Billingsgate. But as I rode up, someone was waiting for me in the front. Hello, Benjamin. Danny, it was Amanda. She had George Williamson killed, and she shot Higgins, and- Actually, that one was me. What? I was the one out by the pond. You? Higgins had a story to tell, and unfortunately, I couldn't let him tell it. Just like I can't let you tell it. You? You were working with Amanda. You, you set it all up! I'm afraid so. Sonny getting beaten up. The fire, which you miraculously escaped. You dropped me in the river, so that I'd see that there was no bridge project. You, you wanted me to know! You and the dogs, you printed those new certificates. And when I started to tell the truth of the party, you rescued me. It, it, it was all one big setup. I had to ease you into it, didn't I? And to show you what I could do. But why? What is your part in the scheme? Lord B is the face of the Manhattan Municipal Company. Amanda's the brains. And you and the dirty dogs are the muscle. For now told you, I didn't want to be a petty thief forever. But you are still stealing! As I've told Ruby, you have to choose in this life, whether you're a giver or a taker. But if everybody takes what they want, eventually, we're all empty-handed. Another one of your clever sayings. But life is about more than ideas and words, Benjamin. It's about action. Grabbing what's yours, making a name, molding the world to fit you. 
That's why I saved you. Why I invited you in. With your imagination and my talent, we could own this town in a year. Maybe less. I'm afraid you're right about that. What is it you're scared of? Becoming what I hate. Someone like the governor, or Amanda, or the king of England. Takers. People who see the colonies and their citizens as something to be exploited, used. But it can be so much more. You want to do good? You need gold to grease the wheels. You want to print the truth? Paper and ink don't come cheap. You want freedom, justice, and all that other stuff you write about? It all costs money. And nothing more so than freedom. I know. One day, the price may have to be paid in blood. Until that day, stick with Danny Quinn. The king will bow and scrape to me before I'm through. And it doesn't matter who you step on to get there? No. As a matter of fact, it doesn't. So what say you, Benjamin? Are you with us? Or are you against us? It is the same question I would be asked again on that day I signed my name to the Declaration of Independence. It's the question we all must answer sooner or later. Where do you stand? And for whom? The answer is no, Danny. You're making a mistake if you choose to be my enemy and not my friend. What are you going to do? Shoot me like you shot Higgins? If he doesn't, I will. I've got this, Amanda. He gave us our answer, Quinn. I'm tired of asking nicely. We offered you the world, Ben. This is not the world I want. Then lucky for you, you won't be living in it much longer. <laughs> now hold on there, Mandy. Put the pistol away. There are still other options. There are no other options. He knows too much. And now, like George Williamson, he will be writing his stories for St. Peter. She pointed her pistol at me, and I saw my life flash before my eyes, which up to that point was a terribly short, terribly tragic story. One without many accomplishments. Time slowed down as her finger moved on the trigger. No! But as she fired the gun, Danny leapt in front of me and the bullet tore a hole in his shoulder. Danny! I'm alive, Benjamin. What's wrong with you, Quinn? Now I'm going to have to kill both of you. You're not killing anyone, Miss Billingsgate. Mr. Randall, this... this is not as it seems. I'd never been so happy to see the Watchman. Someone delivered a newspaper to my door with a very interesting story. Good work, Hannah. Amanda Billingsgate, you're under arrest for the murder of George Williamson and attempted murder of Benjamin Franklin. No! This isn't right! I didn't do it! Sorry to say your father won't be the judge of that. We arrested him back at the house and he confessed to everything. That idiot! Ugh, I knew I should have sent him back to England. Ow! Mr. Watchman, we need to get Danny some... I turned back to see Danny, but Ruby and the dirty dogs rolled up and were already loading him onto a wagon. Come on, Danny. 
You'll be all right. Ruby! You've done enough, genius. We'll take it from here. <clears throat> yeah! The next morning, I returned to Mrs. Bowen's shop, where Hannah was helping finish a winter coat. You look lost, Ben Franklin. Maybe, but I'm working on it. Glad to hear it. I see you're still stitching clothes. So, the gold? I went back into the tunnel. It was all gone. All of it? Then your life savings is gone. Not quite. Hello, Mrs. Bowen. Hello, Ben. I'm pleased to see you alive and well. What is that box you're holding? Funny you should ask. It was sitting outside our door when I woke up this morning. Inside was the money we'd spent on the stock certificates. No more, no less. Who put it there? Was there a note? At first I thought it must be you. But then I found this printed drawing. Sweetie Pie the Dagger. Ruby. Sometimes people surprise you. Our life savings returned. Mrs. Bowen, before I came here, I went back to Amanda Billingsgate's laboratory. Why would you do that? Since it was no longer in use, I thought I'd make something for you. For me? As a thank you for sewing my costume. I reached into my knapsack to show her what I'd pieced together. Eyeglasses with a line in the middle. They have two different lenses, one for far away up top and one for close down below. I haven't perfected the design and they look a mess, but... They are wonderful, Ben Franklin. I will wear them with pride. But what shall I call them? How about double vision glasses? Eh, might want to keep working on that name. Good idea. Well, I should be going. Wait, we have something for you too. She handed me the warm winter coat she'd been working on. Thank you. Wear it in good health. Goodbye, Ben. Try to stay out of trouble, will you? I cannot make any promises. <laughs> Nor would I want you to. Goodbye, Hannah. Your students will one day be lucky to have you. Hannah would soon start teaching from her home. But history says the first state school for people of color wasn't founded in New York until 1794. I wasn't around to see it, but Hannah was there to bear witness and to walk her grandchildren into the classroom. The sun was shining and see my breath when I returned to the docks where I first arrived in New York. Oh, please, sir, help me. I'm being chased by ruffians. <laughs> Not falling for that one again, Ruby. No sense robbing you since you're leaving New York as penniless as you arrived. Am I leaving? I'm afraid so, Benjamin. Danny, how's the shoulder? I'll live. So will I, thanks to you. I have no regrets for taking that bullet. But I'm sorry to say, you don't get to publish your story. And you don't get to stay in New York. You need to be moving on. And if I don't leave the city? <laughs> oh, I like you, Benjamin. But I can't have you or anyone else standing in my way. It doesn't have to be this way, Danny. Can't be any other. You'll do great things, Benjamin Franklin. 
Of that I have no doubt. But you won't do them in my city. The dogs have borrowed a ship that gets you across the river to New Jersey. You're sending me to New Jersey? I have a feeling your future lies somewhere else. See you around, genius. I flipped a gold coin that took me here to New York. Maybe it's time to see what would have happened if it had landed on Tails. I boarded the ship with my knapsack and notebook. No wealthier than I had arrived, but richer for the experience and the people I'd met. I suspected Danny and the dirty dogs had upgraded their headquarters. This mirror doesn't do me justice. Tell me, how do I look? Like a proper gentleman. I think I'm going to like Lord Billingsgate's house. Big Lou! Yes, Danny? That's Mr. Quinn to you. We'll dine on the terrace. The one with the view of the whole city. As you wish, Mr. Quinn. What do you think, Ruby? Boston Lobster? Sounds good to me. And so, I set sail from New York, bound for Philadelphia and the life that would make me famous. Danny Quinn was right about one thing. Life is about more than ideas. I never wrote about my short time in New York. The story was never told. The city would have to wait till a man named John Peter Zenger would one day take on the royal governor of New York in court and succeed. He would forever be known as a symbol for freedom of the press. From the deck of the ship, I watched New York Harbor fade into the distance. Over the next 300 years, it would become one of the world's great cities, known for its industry, arts, and diversity. Freedom would come for all its citizens. I would never be the king of New York, but I had different dreams. Dreams of independence and opportunity. And that was enough for me. No, my friends, that's everything. Farewell. Until the next adventure, which, between us, is a Halloween ghost story. For more awesome pods, go to gzmshows.com. Shh, it's starting.
GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called the Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hi everyone, I'm Jeremy. I'm Autumn. And I'm Jasper. And we're a GZM family. And we want you to listen to our favorite show, Becoming Mother Nature. I love the one with the Green Reaper and the zombies. Do you want to hear your family at the end of a show giving a shout-out? Go to gzmshows.com slash shout-out to learn more. That's gzmshows.com slash shout-out for a chance to be heard on this show.